Next on Making Sense of the Madness, more facts and analysis about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. The Ukrainians escalate an already sky-high level of conflict with Russia, and the deep state reveal their plan for the future through attempts at green police and banking microchips. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda, but first an important announcement from John Michael Chambers. Hello, this is John Michael Chambers with American Media Periscope. Listen up, please. I have a critically important announcement to make regarding our format for broadcasting our shows. We are at war, and the storm, as we now know, is upon us. We are under a wartime command structure, elevated status, red alert, imminent. In October of 2017, President Trump hosted a dinner for the military commanders and their spouses, At the end of this meeting, during the photo op session, President Trump said this, and I quote, you guys know what this represents? Maybe it's the calm before the storm. The media then asked the president what he meant by the calm before the storm, and the president replied, you'll find out. When the military intelligence drops, better known as Q, were happening between 2017 and the election theft of 2020, the drops also made reference to the storm, indicating that President Trump would signal the American people when the storm is upon us. Last week, President Trump stated the storm is upon us and then retweeted, I believe, Dan Scavino's tweet stating the storm is upon us. There's your signal. Yesterday, President Trump released a video titled A Nation in Decline where the rain pours and the thunder pounds as a soundtrack to his voice. The storm is upon us. You can find that video by visiting ampnews.us. With the stolen ballot evidence set to be destroyed at midnight on September 3rd, 2022, and the midterms sure to deliver a crushing blow to the Democrats, this comes at a time where it is critical for the deep state and the Democrats to remove Trump as a candidate for 2024. Desperate moves by a very desperate deep state. Witness the unprecedented raid at Mar-a-Lago. You may recall some weeks ago, I did a brief segment on James Grunvig's show, Unrestricted Truths, where I stated that our back-channel intel had indicated credible growing concerns of a President Trump indictment and arrest. You can watch this by visiting ampnews.us under Unrestricted Truths. We are at war, and the storm, as we now know, is upon us. We are under a wartime command structure. Elevated status, red alert imminent. AMP will begin live broadcasting, live broadcasting any day now, including live new AMP alerts as Intel comes in by the hour. We will be bringing on a variety of guests in the military, journalism's new media influencers, and people from the intelligence community to cover this historic moment in time to help you make sense of the madness. Follow us at ampnews.us. The next three months, immense darkness and a near-death experience will engulf America and the world. Be informed, be empowered, be prepared. We caught the swamp. This is the tipping point. We are under a wartime command structure, and we don't know what we don't know, but everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, it's not the end. So hold the line, patriots. Stay the course and trust the plan. Remember, where we go on, 
we go all. Follow our daily live programs, Making Sense of the Madness and Unrestricted Truths, and our live new AMP alerts remain informed, empowered, and connected. And stay safe and focused. Victory is ours. God bless you. Met een vreedzaam protest. Het is niet echt een protest. Het is meer kenbaar maken van. Well, that was a video of Dutch farmers who have been protesting the Green New Deal in their country. Their message is chilling. They hope to provide food for their country and their hope is waning. But the good news is that farmers are waking up the population. It's hard to ignore a spectacle like what we just saw. Well, a new election-themed documentary premiered on August 20th, created by Matthew Thayer and Laura Logan. The truth about election fraud just keeps getting revealed. Let's watch the trailer. Local criminal investigations into Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters' alleged voting machine security breaches continues. If I asked you this question before the 2020 election, Are these voting machines secure? I would have said yes. And after the election? I would have said yes. What changed? Tina Peters admits she brought in a consultant to make a forensic copy of the Dominion voting system in Mesa County. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Voting machines in Georgia and Texas switch votes from one candidate to another. Virtually every machine was broken into. Ballot recording machines. Voting machines. 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 Voting machines. Voting machines. 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 Machines, which are vulnerable to being hacked. There is no serious person out there who would suggest somehow that you could even rig America's elections. We've seen no evidence that any of our voting systems have been tampered with. The November 3rd election was the most secure. It was the most secure. Most secure. Most secure election in American history, period. The process is very secretive. These machines are built by private companies, which we don't have a right to know it goes on inside those. What did you see during the software update? We've uncovered something that they're afraid of. We didn't consider the machines. The information found there is the Rosetta Stone. They made a mistake and left the evidence in the machine. And you can hide it as well. It's only what the programmer tells to say. It's literally like the difference between going from pickpocketing to credit card fraud. These people are being selected, not elected. It's about who gets to count the vote. Break down my door, terrorize my family. FBI, federal search warrant. What do you remember? Just my mom being handcuffed by the chief of police. This is not what we do in America. You could make it all go away, though. You just keep your mouth shut. You could have your life back. Can't unsee what I've seen.
That's right. That's Selection Code. You can watch that on SelectionCode.com or go to Rumble.com and check it out. Uh, you just more and more coming out. Two thousand mules, Selection Code. Uh, just more every day. We got to get educated. We got to share the truth. Well, Russia is officially accusing the, mil- the Ukrainian military of using chemical weapons in violation of international treaties, and they say they're going to present the evidence imminently. And in other news related to the conflict, a car bombing in Moscow targeting Putin's strategist Alexander Dugin actually killed his daughter. And now the Russians are saying that the Ukrainian Secret Service carried out the killing. Let's take a look at the video of Alexander Dugin on the scene where his daughter died in that car bombing. Well, that was just one way that the conflict has gone outside of the boundaries of Ukraine all the way to Moscow. And in Canada, pregnant mothers who received up to $50,000 worth of maternity benefits now have to return the funds. I'm sure it'll be hard for them to find 50 grand laying around to do that. They were possibly unvaccinated. And this is just the latest attempt to stigmatize and penalize people who refuse to share their private medical information. And also what is possibly one of the most ridiculous COVID policies and a waste of taxpayer money, Los Angeles is now paying for free COVID testing for pets. Even though there are zero registered cases, and even if there were, so what? This is not a pet pandemic here by any stretch of the imagination. Well, as many people get used to the new normal of flip-flopping policy, one internet truthsayer reminds us of what we've lost and what we can never get back. Let's watch. So the CDC stated that the vaxxed and unvaxxed can be treated the same now. (laughs) But it's finally okay to treat all people with respect and dignity regardless of their medical decisions. Oh, well, thank God you don't have to discriminate anymore. What's going to happen to the people who are wrongfully terminated? Will the service members who lost careers and retirement pay get to come back? Or are you still going to continue kicking them out? Do the elderly who died alone get a second chance to die with love and dignity? Will you help the children, teens, and even adults get their mental health back? Or are you going to continue to treat us like lepers like you have for the last two years when we were called selfish, science deniers, grandma killers, unchristian-like, unloving, all because we wanted to assess and mitigate our own risk? And now after destroying livelihoods, dividing and bullying an entire community, causing financial burdens and a mental health crisis. You want to sit there and say the same things that we've been saying and which you villainized us for? Oh, that's comical. Thank you for casually walking back your dictatorship and including in your guidelines that we were right all along. She brings up a good point. The damage has been done. And now for true justice, we need some restitution. Well, the World Economic Forum and their lackeys always have a Dr. Evil-style method of technocratic control that they want to force on the world population? Well, in Australia, there's a new suggestion from a bank to microchip its customers. Let's take a look. That they had received an email campaign from their bank, uh, an Australian bank, Suncorp, um, who is putting this idea out there as to whether their customers want to be microchipped. Um, And the argument was that uh, by being microchipped, it could drive efficiencies for customers in terms of 
uh, their interaction with the financial system. Well, it seems that American politicians just can't get enough of Taiwan lately. When tensions with China couldn't get any higher and military exercises and the threat of impending invasion of the island looms, another delegation is visiting Taiwan to stop and say hello. That makes the third one this month, believe it or not. Well, in other news, the French government has unveiled plans to hire 3,000 green police. We're still not sure, you know, if they're going to be showing up at French houses to make sure they're not eating too much meat or flushing their toilet too many times. But whatever they do, it will be for the good of the climate. Well, in the USA, the abortion war involves many back and forth battles, and one state is trying to ban abortion, and one judge temporarily is stopping it. Let's take a look. An Oakland County judge says abortion should remain legal in Michigan and blocks prosecutors from enforcing the state's 1931 ban on abortion. But this fight is nowhere close to being finished. More on that. We'll just keep on reporting at state by state. They make their decisions on whether they want to ban abortion for good. Well, it's easy to criticize the federal government about the border based solely, of course, on statistics. And we get numb to the numbers of all the drugs and the terrorists that enter our country illegally. But the video that we're watching now is making the rounds and is helping people wake up to how the Biden Border Patrol is literally opening the door to illegal aliens. That's right. The National Guard actually closed a fence and the Border Patrol went and opened it up, unlocked it and opened the door and allowed illegal immigrants in to quote unquote process them. This is just an example of how the Border Patrol is incentivizing and, and complicit in human trafficking. And now we have the video to prove it. Well, now it's been confirmed that at least 20 FBI and ATF agents were embedded around the Capitol building on January 6th. That's all according to court documents that have just been released. And that puts to rest the idea that federal plants are just a so-called conspiracy theory. There's a picture of Ray Epps. People do believe he is a federal informant. He was encouraging people to break down the barriers. There he is whispering in someone's ear. And there's also one example of a Capitol Police officer trying to get help from militiamen. It's being shared on social media. This is the kind of story that really shatters the Democrat narrative. Let's take a look. Him. And we're getting beat up, but the people who didn't vote for him are laughing at us. That's why we, yeah. I'm just saying, we, how can we help to take control of what we're doing? Well, well you can help me right now. If, we can, if you guys can help me say something to some of you guys, I know you don't know everybody here, honestly. No, 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 no. Yeah, but if you guys can help me get extract these people, I'd appreciate it. They're not going to leave. You want them to leave? No, they can stay there. I just need to get the other officers out. Oh, you need to get the They're trying to get out. They're can you imagine if that video was played during the January 6th committee showing militiamen helping the police to extract officers who are stuck in some area of the Capitol? Well, that is it for the breaking news headlines today. Next up, we have Dr. Mark Sherwood. He's going to help us analyze the raid on Mar-a-Lago as new details have emerged as soon as we get back. Did you know that there is a community of human beings that live to be well over 100 years old? It's true. The Hunza people live to be anywhere between 120 to 140 years old. Their secret? Vitamin B17. 
At Richardson Nutrition Center, founder John Richardson and his family have made it their mission to add vitamin B17 back into the human diet. Vitamin B17 is found in over 1,200 foods in nature and has been gradually eliminated from the human diet throughout the past 100 years. Over the past 20 years, our products have helped customers with immune support, energy, heart health, and much more. At Richardson Nutrition Center, we have developed a product line to easily incorporate B17 back into your diet. Use your special American Media Periscope code AMP888 to receive 15% off your first order at rncstore.com. Some third unprecedented action. This is an abomination. This is unbelievable. This is some third world bullshit right here. The FBI executing a search warrant at Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago property in Palm Beach, Florida. We have the raid of a former president's home in America. So heck, we, we deserve answers now. This is not just an attack on Donald Trump. This is an attack on every single American. This is the Rubicon being crossed. This is something we've never seen before. This is something that is outrageous, and the usage of the FBI in this way is really the nail in the coffin for so many Americans as to whether you can trust the FBI or trust the DOJ, clearly not on political matters. Why is it that the arrows only fly at Donald Trump and his family? Why is it that the political persecution only goes one way in this country? If this can happen to a former president of the United States, I mean, what could this look like for the American people? They are coming after me because I am fighting for you, and we will win because we know how to win. Well, we are going to discuss this raid on Mar-a-Lago with our two guests today. First up, Dr. Mark Sherwood. He's a 24-year retired veteran of the Tulsa Police Department, where he logged a decade of courageous service on the department's SWAT team. Mark, you know a thing or two about search warrants and raids. Can you weigh in on the raid on Mar-a-Lago? Was it normal according to regular standards? Well, thank you, Sean, for having me. And I think this is a very important point in discussion today, obviously. Um, the, the question, is it normal, uh, is a broad one. But let me just kind of break it down for everyone. Um, the investigator, whoever that would be, uh, we still don't know, uh, would be known as the affiant. And he or she would come up with an affidavit that lists out in that affidavit probable cause that a crime has been committed and that evidence of that crime would be housed in a certain location. And that is presented to a judge, and a judge looks at that affidavit and determines that if it meets that burden of proof, the judge would issue that search warrant to go to that specific property and search for those items in areas that they could be housed within that property. So it's not, it's not supposed to be broad or just pick up anything. It's looking for specific items that are on the warrant to go get and bring back and seize. And that warrant is given an expiration date. So it's not like they could keep the warrant for uh, many, many weeks and just decide to do it whenever. It's typically a 10-day window, generally speaking. And then it's brought back to the judge once it's executed and the persons at the residence are given a copy of the warrant. Now I want people to understand that when officers are enlisted or agents are enlisted to go execute the warrant, they wouldn't necessarily have access to the affidavit. In other words, they could come to a town and 
tell the local law enforcement, we're going to do this. And typically local law enforcement will be embedded within the team and they would go execute the warrant. Those men and women would not have access or nor even be granted uh, the ability to read the affidavit before. Their job is just simply to execute the the order from the judge. hope that clarifies a little bit. Well, you wrote an article about some of the details I wasn't quite aware of. There were a list of items that were taken, an executive grant of clemency for Roger Stone, information regarding the president of France, handwritten notes, uh, potential presidential record with binder of photos, a leather-bound box of documents, information regarding, once again, the president of France. So uh, do you think that all of these uh, all of these officers got a list of things they needed to take, and did they just take what was on the list? Because my understanding is they took a bunch of passports and stuff that they weren't supposed to take. Yeah, the question becomes that, you know, did they seize information they weren't supposed to seize as directed by the warrant? And, and of course, that's going to be up for litigation for a long, long time. Um, from being there, you know, like I've done hundreds of warrants myself, Sean, with uh, that I've written myself that have been signed by judges. And I've been on many, many teams where we have executed warrants, even with federal agents. Um, it, anybody could make a mistake and grab the wrong things. Now, I have huge amount of questions right now. The timing, um, why? what potentially escalated to this idea of going into uh, a person of this stature's residence. I mean, it's just questions after questions, and rightly so, the public should have the same questions. Um, My encouragement, though, and I want to make this super clear, is even though this emotional uh, issue is that emotional, it's hot on both sides, um, don't, please don't go out there and get a uh, execute violence at all on any sort of law enforcement because of, you know, potentially rogue people within agencies. That's important to, to really keep in mind, Sean, because we can uh, understand that the the level of involvement, interest is super high. And, 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 and another thing super important, Sean, is this is not going to bring our country together. This is just completely going to galvanize both sides even harder at this point. So I I didn't see a point in it. Um, I'm looking for more information just as you are, and I would not expect, nor would it be customary for a judge to release all of the information in the affidavit. So I hope people don't expect that it would be highly unusual for them to release all the information. So I would expect some redacted portion to be released at some point. Right. You know, I, I, I'm with you there. I think even President Trump has said that it's not the entire FBI that's the problem. It's people at the top. It's certain rogue operators, for example. But it does make you wonder why, uh, you know, since President Trump was on the record as cooperating, why they didn't just request that he turn in whatever documents that they claim that he had, and then he could have just given it to them instead of raiding his residence. It reminds me of the Roger Stone raid pre-dawn where CNN was invited to show up before uh, before the break of day to do a violent armed uh, raid on his residence instead of just calling up and saying, hey, we've got this, uh, you know, 
warrant for your arrest, please turn yourself in. Uh, you know, so once again, taking his passports made it seem like President Trump was a flight risk or something like that. Uh, don't you think that's another way this could have gone? They, they just requested documents and Donald Trump turned them in? Or do you think it's possible, just like with Roger Stone, they wanted that headline, they wanted that video footage, they wanted to make him look like a criminal? Sean, I believe the, the media, mainstream that is, not American Media Periscope, of course, but mainstream media has been weaponized to the core. Um, they are bought and paid for. I've seen that personally, and they're, they're used to generate narratives. They were used in COVID to generate fear. They're used in narratives right now to generate uh, conviction in a court of public opinion. And so that's going to happen. Now, to your point, you know, um, if it were me, you know, doing the investigation, whether it's righteous or not, I'm going to simply call the person up and say, look, I know you got this here and I need this back for this reason. And if there needs to be a dispute about that, fine. I want to know what steps led up to the increased steps of going in a person's house. I mean, it just seems completely absurd at this point how we got to that level and how now this is dominating the news, which again is dividing the country. And one thing I, I want to make clear, because I've heard people talk about this, you know, before, which, you know, it, I feel kind of goofy having to say this, but if a police officer or an agent or a deputy or whatever is going to execute a warrant, whether it be a search warrant or a arrest warrant, they're going to be armed. So, you know, for them to not carry guns, that, look, folks, don't believe that. I mean, they need to carry guns. That's the way it is because you're going in somebody's house and you don't know what you're going to be confronted with. I mean, that's just the way it is. But um, the, the glory behind this, the media attention is just, it's crazy. And it's amazing how the media will use high profile uh, and the government will use high profile media places to create that narrative for their favor. And I'm sickened by it all. And I'm appalled by it all at this point, Sean, um, as a former law enforcement officer and a former major political candidate. I mean, is this what we've resorted to really? Right. I mean, you brought up a good point earlier that we Republicans and uh, conservatives are the side of law and order. We can't uh, act act like we're against law enforcement. We're, we we are the right. the party of law enforcement. But it's true law enforcement where you you follow the the rules uh, of, of conduct, and it seems like some things were done out of the ordinary. And uh, sometimes these shows of force of having many, many, many agents on the scene for s someone who's a non-violent, uh, you know, process type of crime, it, it seems like it doesn't make sense. But uh, thank you for for weighing in on this, and I look forward to having you on soon because you know you don't just cover this sort of stuff. You're talking about health and so many other subjects, and we appreciate your insights. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Brad Johnson, retired CIA. He's the founder of Americans for Intelligence Reform. And he's also going to get into the nitty gritty details on the raid on Mar-a-Lago as soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, 
buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at KirkElliottPhD.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. Well, Brad Johnson is with us, retired CIA and founder of Americans for Intelligence Reform. Brad, thank you for joining us. And I just want to put the question to you because it seems like the same FBI office involved in the failed Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot or involved in this unprecedented raid. Is this somehow you know, relevant to your organization uh, to want to reform intelligence? You know, this seems like it's really waking people up to another side of the intelligence community. Yes, it is. And this is something we've been pushing hard for about the last three, three and a half years. And the fact is, and it's one of the reasons that we founded this many years ago now, but uh, the fact is that all of these agencies, all you know, the FBI, the CIA, NSA, CDC, the, all of them have long ago been politicized and weaponized. And now this is starting to come out big. A lot of people in mainstream are starting to actually see the end results. But this process was started long ago and was com completely and fully uh, consolidated under Obama. And now we're seeing those extremes. And it's, it's not, as Mark correctly pointed out, it's not all of the FBI, and it's most assuredly not all of law enforcement. Um, but at the leadership level of the FBI, and certainly the Washington field office, which is the origin of this operation against Trump, uh, they have been. They're completely and fully fully politicized and weaponized. And, you know, just this, this is, if there were any doubts, this should be absolute proof to anyone looking at it, uh, that, that, that that's the case. And it's something that they, they long ago set up a system where in federal government, basically to get promoted, you have to have certain jobs. Now the promotion system is tightly controlled because of EEO and, 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 um, things like that. So that who actually gets promoted is very carefully screened so that there's no racial bias, etc. But the way you get promoted in federal government is by by getting certain ticket punch jobs. That pipeline to leadership has long ago been taken over and completely controlled in all federal agencies. So if you want to go into leadership, you have to get into that. You get into that pipeline, and if you're not one of the chosen party loyalists, you're not going to get into it. And that's how the system was taken over. That's how it's been done in all of federal government, state department, any federal agency that you can talk about. Maybe the one lone holdout to some degree is the military. DoD is much larger, and so it's just different there. Uh, but again, that doesn't mean all the rank and file, but that does mean all the leadership. And we've gotten ourselves into a situation where it just simply cannot be fixed with who's there. Um, all of this stuff we've seen, Director Ray, the FBI director, just uh, has no interest in doing anything to fix these problems. You don't see him commenting on any of it. I don't think he even views it as an issue. And let me point out one other thing on all of this. When, when, when you take a look at what happened in Mar-a-Lago, 
uh, look back to 2015 and Hillary Clinton, and you had then-FBI Director James Comey come out in July and have, give this big speech that's kind of famous now, saying, oh, well, you know, she was careless about all this, and, you know, she had 12 or 15 chains of uh, email with classified documents in it, two or three hundred in each one. So, you, you know, you kind of guesstimate add up and we're talking two or three or uh, maybe four thousand classified documents on that. But no prosecutor would ever go after that. So he cleared it, which, by the way, as an FBI director, he does not have the authority to prosecute or not prosecute. That's the prosecutor's office. That would have been DOJ that made that decision. But he took it upon himself and everybody just said, yeah, OK, shrug their shoulders and nothing has ever happened on that. The FBI did an IG inspection of that. The uh, FBI agent out in Seattle that got a hold of the Anthony Weiner laptop and was looking through all of that on that laptop, presumably the origin of this is all Hillary Clinton, he looked at it and he said, and this is reported by the FBI in their IG report, he said that James Comey understated the number of classified documents on that computer by a factor of 10. So now we're not talking two or three or four thousand. We're talking 20 or 30 or 40,000 classified documents. That same IG report also stated from the same FBI agent that did the initial inspection of the computer that there was another uh, hard drive in that computer that had an equal amount of data that he did not look at. So now we have the potential of having, you know, not 20 or 30 or 40,000, but 40 or 60 or 80,000 classified documents on that computer. I mean, that. And those classified documents came from the CIA, State Department, FBI, many of the federal agencies out there. And we have no idea how much harm was done by those. Those were clearly easily captured by the Chinese and the Russians. And who knows where that's been used? Who knows how many agents out in the field? I mean, people spying for this for the CIA, for example. Who knows how many of those people were tracked down and killed? We don't know because the information on those computers, that computer was never looked at. So we don't know how much damage was done. That computer today sits at the forensic lab, the FBI forensic lab in Quantico, Virginia, not far from where I sit right now. And it's never, nothing's ever been done about it. People probably were killed out of that. Who knows how many cases were blown? Who knows what sort of damage was done? We've never done a damage assessment of it because James Comey back in 2015 said, well, you know, there's no there there. So there's no reason to do this. So anyone who says, oh, well, you know, this is we're following the law. B.S. And they are not following the law. The FBI is 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 a disaster. Christopher Ray should resign out of shame. He should be thrown out of town for this sort of thing to be allowed to happen within the FBI. He is destroying the FBI. He is not helping it. And let's not even to mention of how the FISA warrant system was bastardized so that they could surveil a candidate Trump and later President Trump. I mean, it's just a complete disaster. I, I just, as I said, I, you know, the FBI in particular, it just can't be fixed with who is there. And that carries over to all of it. And what we're seeing going on at, at uh, against Trump, where they're targeting Trump for political motives, is just the, the smallest, tiniest tip of the iceberg. The problem is much, 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 much larger. And how that can be fixed, I don't know. And it's, as I've said, one of the reasons Americans for Intelligence Reform is founded is because all of that degrades our system. And, you know, we're, we're not as prepared as we were. When I joined the agency, the CIA by itself was able to go toe to toe on intelligence issues with the rest of the world put together, and I include our allies in that. Now we're third rate. 
Now we can't do half the stuff that we used to be able to do. And as my generation dies off, that expertise goes away. It's all going to have to be relearned again. And to relearn all those lessons, that was blood, sweat, and tears, literally. People died along the way to learn the lessons we, le- we knew on, on how to handle espionage and all of those things. And now we just don't, we just aren't, aren't going after those things. It's, it's, it's a disaster. It's getting people killed. The level of incompetence is stunning. They and, and the people that are there, like Director Ray and the people at this Washington field office, they don't even know enough to, to recognize its incompetence. They think that they're doing, you know, great stuff. Uh, but they don't realize that by going after political targets, how much they undermine the trust. I mean, if the Washington field office, FBI field office ever wanted to interview me over anything, I wouldn't talk to them. And I would think anybody that does talk to them is a fool because they're not they're not trying to enforce U.S. law or the Constitution. They're trying to enforce their activism. And therein is kind of the defining problem of all of this. And it's activist judges, activist law enforcement, activist intelligence, activist military. And what does that mean? You know, it's always important to define these terms. What an activist judge or any of these people does is they put their own personal political beliefs and their personal political standards above everything else. And if if the law diverges from their personal political beliefs, they go with their personal political beliefs and forget the law. And that's what we're seeing happen. Law enforcement, intelligence, military, everything. It is so dangerous. It is just so dangerous that this is what we have to turn around and fix. Yeah, it's not just that, uh, you know, it's being politicized and weaponized to hurt political opponents. That's one thing. It's the providing cover to uh, white collar and political criminals and not addressing real crimes uh, that really the damage done to our society is, is, is just hard to quantify. And so we've got to do something about it. And um, my question to you, I'm going to take a quick break, but when we get back, my question to you is when America First candidates win the House, when Trump takes back the White House, what can we as conservatives, with our, our demands to, to those who will listen, what can we demand in order to reform the intelligence agencies? Do they even have to be uh, removed and rebuilt from the ground up? I'm going to ask you that as soon as we get back. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. We're talking to Brad Johnson, retired CIA, and he's the founder of Americans for Intelligence Reform. And I want to ask you, Brad, which intelligence agencies are the most compromised? 
uh, which ones, in your opinion, maybe are not so compromised? And what can we do when we take back power in the House and the executive branch and, uh, and we start demanding of our elected officials to reform the intelligence agencies? Should we ask them to just destroy some of these agencies and start over again? Yeah, great question. Um, as to who's the most compromised, it's it's extraordinarily difficult to say. I mean, they're all kind of separated out, and there's good reasons why that's the case. But I would put it this way. I'd respond this way. It's not who's the most compromised. It's, it's who's the most dangerous being compromised. And I think I would look at the CIA and the FBI as the two that, that most profoundly need to be fixed right away. And it's because they're in a position to do so much. And let's not forget the, the FBI is is a law enforcement uh, agency in the federal government, but it's also, uh, which it's about two thirds of the FBI roughly is all law enforcement, crime, those sorts of things. But let's not forget one third of it is pure intelligence agency. And that's what they call their counterintelligence div- division, which by the way, that's where Peter Strzok came from uh, of, of the FISA warrant fame. And I think, uh, back when, following World War II, and a lot of these decisions were made, uh, they, the, the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, wanted the CIA to be something as a part of the FBI. He tried hard to get it. And we took a look at what Stalin had done in, in Russia and those sorts of things and said, no, too dangerous to have all of that power in one federal agency. So that's why the CIA was created as a separate agency. But we've then reinstigated that in the FBI, and now it's there's too much there, and it's too easy to be used um, essentially illegally, not following the law, but for political motives, which is what we've seen happen. So, uh, one of the things that I would I think really needs to be done is that that part of the FBI that's intelligence issues needs to be separated out from law enforcement. FBI needs to go back to being law enforcement and nothing else, and that element removed. Uh, how that's done remains to be seen. That would be a, a difficult problem uh, to fix. But on the overall thing, and this would be something, in fact, I've, I haven't spoken directly to Trump, but I've sent it to him in messages through other people who do. And and one of the, my suggestions has been that one of the things that has to happen is an overall reformation of the federal government, because uh, the amount of overlap and fat that's out there is stunning. I mean, the the, the, you know, probably no organization, um, you know, no federal agency you know, has more than 30 or 40 percent of what they do that's not overlap with a lot of other agencies that are doing all that same stuff. There's isolated little pieces like, for example, Secret Service providing security for the president, you know, there's, but there's still some overlap with that because they have to cooperate with a lot of federal agencies. But I would think bringing in a, you know, Goldman panel of, of uh, efficiency experts to take a look at the federal government and try to kind of reform it to, in, in such a way where there's, where there's not so much overlap, then there and be able to reorganize it in such a way where you can eliminate, eliminate a lot of this is kind of the only politically practical way forward, because that you could sell to the public, because what we're going to say is, you know, we can cut out the fat, we're going to cut out the overlap, we're going to get rid of 40% of government, and we're going to cut your taxes by 40% as a result. You know, that's something that could sell to the American people. So I think I think that would be the best way forward. One of the other things is you've got to start to change policies. Like I mentioned earlier, the pipeline to leadership in all of these organizations was compromised long ago. The process was started back in Jimmy Carter days and was completely completely consolidated under Obama. Bill Clinton advanced all of this as well, too. So 
uh, even to this point where, you know, if you look at the entry for the FBI, I, I picked on the FBI because they're easy to, to find out about because it's a public organization, right? So, you know, forgive me, FBI agents, there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, but but now even hiring practices, one of the things when they come in and they're giving some of these guys clearances and things like that, <clears throat> some of the questioning process is, uh, do you want to be a social justice warrior? So to get hired by the FBI today you need to be able to say, yes, I want to be a social justice warrior. Well, the left is always talking about dog whistles. Talk about dog whistle. That's a dog whistle. Are you a liberal? Because if you are a liberal, then we want you. If you're not liberal, then we don't want you. I mean, that's the questioning. So this is why you get these people in there. And that process has been copied and done in its own way by all of the federal agencies. Remember the recruiting uh, video that came out about a year ago, something like that, about the CIA. And it was all about all of this, you know, minorities and how they're hiring equal and all of this sort of stuff. Nowhere in this this recruitment tape was there anything about doing the work of the CIA, doing intelligence work, doing espionage, doing any of the things that are the actual freaking job of the CIA. The recruitment tape was all about EEO stuff. So it's 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 out there. It's 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 uh, you know pervasive. It's it's taken over everything. So um, again, I'll, I'll go back to something I say as often as I can, and that is that you just cannot fix any of these agencies with who's there. So how do you get rid of those people? And that's a very, very, very difficult political problem. And um, Trump, if uh, he gets reelected, which of course I'm I'm a Trump supporter, hoping that that happens. Uh, if he does get in there, he's he's got to go about it a lot differently than he did last time. He's learned many of those lessons. I know he knows a lot of this stuff, and uh, he needs to surround himself with what I call warfighters. I mean, some of the political people, great, yeah, he needs some of those people too who are experienced on the hill on having to do stuff. But he needs. I mean, operators out of military, operators out of uh, law enforcement, and operators out of intelligence. Those are the warfighters. Those are the guys that have fought battles. And, and make no mistake, this is a battle. This is not. This is not playing games anymore. And you know, there's a lot of rumors about people getting killed in the background. You know, whether it's true or not, I don't know. Most of that stuff doesn't get any uh, investigation going on of any consequence. Seth Rich comes to mind, things like that, uh, whether he was murdered or you know robbed on the street and killed for whatever reason. Uh, hard to say. It certainly looks political in, in motive. Um, but how are we going to get to all of those things? And, and Trump needs to bring in warfighters, surround himself with warfighters, people who faced these sorts of problems before. People like myself, um, I'm not looking to go into federal government, but you know, people like myself that have those backgrounds that have been in those situations and aren't afraid. And, you know, you go into a knife fight, bring people who've done knife fight stuff. And and like I say, that's the operators out of the FBI, operators out of the CIA and intelligence and operators out of the military. They can come in and aren't afraid of this stuff. And, and last time he did not. He had very few people like that. Well, one thing about what we've gone through as a country the last few years, it is getting everyone on record about where they stand on things like uh, medical tyranny and wokeness and so forth. And there's been a purge of patriots in the military, people who maybe don't want to take the vaccine, they're being purged. Uh, and it seems like when we take back power, we need to do our own purging of uh, people who have that woke ideology, who are at the bottom, the bureaucrats. Recently, we had an Axios article all about Trump's plan when he gets back in office to get rid of all the petty bureaucrats. And so certainly that would be good to get the people out who have already done damage. But speaking to your point about leadership, 
Uh, how do we get those people out? Sometimes they're a little bit trickier to get out. Uh, what kind of process do you think uh, we could use? You know, I'm thinking about McCarthy, how he got all the communists out. Uh, that, you know, that's generally not looked at in our history as a positive thing, but we need something like that, maybe, uh, you know, something to get uh, people who are hurting America for many years to get them out of the government. Yeah, one of the things I would recommend, and it is something, again, I've recommended a number of times, uh, I think uh, for certainly for everybody who has a clearance, and I would suggest that all of the you know, highest leadership within the federal agency should have a clearance and therefore be required to be polygraphed. And one of the, and one of the things I would build into the polygraph that everyone has to, to pass is, you know, what's more important, your personal political beliefs or supporting the Constitution of the United States? So if, if, if you're an individual who's woke, you're an activist, your activism is more important to you, you're gonna, most of those people will fail that polygraph. You yank their clearance and they're done, they're out of a job. And then you're not firing them, they just can't pass the clearance process. I've gotta, I've gotta say, this is not, this is the type of thing I'm talking about. You gotta be used to having people that are the war fighters that can be tricky on this stuff and, and not straightforward. If we go toe to toe on this stuff and start saying, well, uh, you know, you you know, you're a senior person at the FBI in charge of this, and you're clearly political. The Washington Field Office, so ten of you have to be fired. That you're going to fight tooth and nail. It's very, 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 very difficult to win battles like that, and you're going to use up a lot of brownie points doing it. A lot of political goodwill will be used up with that sort of stuff because the Democrats are going to throw everything at you that they can come up with. They're going to lie, cheat, and steal. We know that's how they operate. So the way to go about this is use the bureaucracy against them the way they've been using the bureaucracy against us. And like I said, you need you need people who understand these systems, but who are true patriots and will support Trump. And last time, I think um, Trump made some mistakes in trying to get people who would be who would be. Um, personally loyal to him rather than people that are loyal to the cause and a person who's loyal to the cause is worth you know 10 people that are loyal to trump because they believe in it and will follow up on it don't need it you know they don't need day-to-day -day instructions because we all have our eye on the go on the goal and we know we know what needs to be done to get there and this is precisely how democrats have been operating against us forever so these are all the sorts of elements that have to be put in place in order to start to win the win the war that's 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 raging I think that's a very creative idea, and I think it would work to do the polygraph test. People have to, you know, promise and swear to the Constitution in a way that can actually be proven. And I'm also agreeing with you on the idea that we don't need to just stack everything with Trump loyalists because people change their loyalty when the wind blows. But if they're loyal to the Constitution, uh, then that will really be a foundation for, for our government uh, for generations to come. So. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. I want to switch gears and ask you about what's going on between Russia and Ukraine and perhaps China if we have time as soon as we get back. Hey, friends. Dr. Michelle and I are not celebrity doctors. You probably won't see us interviewed by Oprah, but we see wonderful results in the lives of our patients every single day. We see results. While most medical practices are focused on managing your symptoms, we help you find the root cause and find healing with proven and natural solutions. Will you take 12 seconds and go to Sherwood.tv and join our free newsletter? 
We'll keep you up to date on new interviews and practical tips for hope and health. Visit Sherwood.tv and subscribe. We're talking to Brad Johnson, retired CIA and founder of Americans for Intelligence Reform. Brad, I want to switch gears, talk a little bit about the Russia-Ukraine conflict uh, reported today about two incidences. One is the idea that Russia is now accusing Ukraine of using chemical weapons. We had the whole issue of uh, the Ukrainians shelling the uh, Russian-controlled nuclear plant. That was pretty scary there. And now we've got... Uh, now Russia is accusing the Ukrainian Secret Service of carrying out a car bombing in Moscow. So uh, this is really interesting stuff here. Can you weigh in about where we're at with this conflict? Yes, it is a interesting conflict, and the way this is evolving is interesting too. I think all of the parties involved uh, had no clue that this was going to drag on so long. I think Russia thought it was going to, you know, swarm in and and do what it needed to do. And if you look at the initial attack plan of Russia, um, they were they were very surgical, coming in and doing small things. And as it sort of uh, started to spin out of control, they had plenty of troops on the border if needed, and then they started needing. So they started sending them in, sending them in. And it got bigger and bigger, and the Ukrainians were motivated and. Uh, had some equipment to fight back with, and we're getting good intelligence all along. And of course, now I say this because it's reported in the press, not my background, so not giving away any secrets here, but uh, the U.S. has been giving them a lot of good information for a long time. So a lot of their effectiveness is, you know, it's it's a fairly straightforward, simple thing for us to know, you know, every time a Russian colonel burps to be able to report on it. So uh, they've got superb intelligence out there. Probably the Ukrainians have better intelligence on the Russians than the Russians have on them. The car bombs, the bombing of the uh, nuclear plant, all that stuff is almost certainly tied back to the Ukrainians. There could be some other things or, or other um, groups that have done such activities before, but the preponderance of all of those things will be tied back to the Ukrainians who are trying to take the, the war to the uh, Russians as much as possible. Uh, the Russian motivation from the very beginning has basically been one, and that's the Crimea. The Crimea is absolutely uh, a centerpiece vital item uh, to the from the perspective of the Russians and Putin. And there are some historical reasons why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting it was just created out of the blue, uh, but it it's it's one of those things that the Russians don't care. Uh, the the average Russian on the street thinks Crimea is theirs. Putin thinks Crimea is there. It's the warm water port. It's the gateway of shipping and military to the rest of the seas and oceans in the world out of the Black Sea and those sorts of things. So it's absolutely vital. So from the very beginning, what Putin has done is basically tried to create a crescent that is creates a large buffer between uh, Ukraine and the Crimea. Because Ukraine is starting to move in and, and make gains against the Russians, these uh, surrogate troops that have been put up by the Russians. And uh, they just couldn't allow that. So this was the reaction to that. Now, uh, let me say, I've been predicting for a while. I think this is going to end. We've seen some uh, negotiations going on. France and Germany have begun to uh, drop support for Ukraine out of this. Uh, Turkey has stepped up and helped a little bit more than they had been, but Turkey is trying to be the peacemaker too. So there are some negotiations going on via Turkey with Russia and um and Ukraine. And we've seen some shipping ports open up, Ukraine shipping ports that are now allowing grain to go out. It was this UN 
uh, attempt to to create a more stable situation there. So uh, I think what we're going to see is that before November, because of elections here in the United States, there'll be some sort of treaty of some sort. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, who knows how much Ukraine is willing to accept. Russia would sign a treaty today as long as those new borders, you know, uh, give them this buffer space between the U- Ukraine and Crimea. So they would sign yesterday on any of those sorts of things. So it's what they can do to make Ukraine sign. And I think that's where the U.S. would have to step up to the plate and offer big money, have a two or three billion dollar, four billion, ten billion uh, deal with Ukraine and say, we're going to give you all this money sign the peace deal and we can always go back to it in the future and that way i think biden will be able to take a victory lap before november is the plan so it seems to be that germany and france are kind of on board with something like this the activity i see going on right now with turkey involved all of these things seem to indicate that that's basically what's going to happen i mean we'll see shortly i would think he would need this by the end of october um to be in place and signed so he can you know declare peace in our time to uh, to quote a famous guy out of world war ii so i i think that's the way this is headed well that certainly is consistent with the history of ukraine uh trying to you know use this conflict to try to get as much money as possible from the united states government uh and uh they're getting quite a lot of money on a weekly or monthly basis in the form of weapons and Mm -hmm. It is hard to tell where that money in where the money is going, where the weapons are going, possibly on the black market. Thank you, Brad Johnson, retired CIA founder of Americans for Intelligence Reform, for joining us today. And I want to say thank you for watching American Media Periscope. We are America's patriot only network, trying to bring you the news behind the news, really digging into the Mar-a-Lago raid, trying to figure it all out, and also really getting an idea about what's going on with these international conflicts, because There's just so much obfuscation going on in the mainstream media, trying to blame the Russians for almost everything and trying to give you a little bit of the other side here. But we are going to wrap up the show today with a little taste of a music video. And I think you're going to find this pretty funny, actually. We're going to wrap up with that and just say, God bless all you patriots. We'll see you in the next show. by the deep state we just can't stomach another mandate that's why we need to bring back trump crime is so bad now we just wanna hurl an athlete can't say he'll compete as a girl Kamala's cackle makes your hair curl That's why we need to bring back Trump We all want free elections that are fair But they don't care They're woke, what a joke Hey California, you're now a real dump That's why we need to bring back Trump Stopping the pipeline not a good bet. Defunding cops was the dumbest thing yet. Afghanistan, well, how dumb can you get? 
That's why we need to bring back Trump. We don't want socialism here anymore. It only makes sure that everyone's poor. Critical race theory we all deplore. That's why we need to bring back Trump. We want our oil independence back again. For sure there would have been real peace in Mideast. We tried to warn ya, Joe Biden's a chump. That's why we need to. That's why we have to. That's why we've got to bring back Trump.